Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, the Wolves are back in action tomorrow night. On the road against the Philadelphia 76ers, who, by the way, they've got a back-to-back, like a true back-to-back. They're playing the Milwaukee Bucks right now, and they're trailing by 10. So the uh, the Wolves will try to take advantage of the Philadelphia 76ers tomorrow night. 6.30 tip-off right here on the Good Neighbor News Talk 830-WCCO, the home for Timberwolves basketball. And joining me now to talk NBA and specifically Wolves to start, is a Minnesota basketball legend, uh, Boston College great, a first-round draft pick in the NBA draft. His name is Troy Bell, and he joins us here on the Lake Show, courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Baker Hotline. Uh, and and by the way, you you saw him this past March during the madness at the uh, the high school basketball tournament, doing the analysis with um with uh he was working. Who, who are you working with again? I'm sorry. It was Dave Lee. Yeah, Dave Lee. I'm duh, duh. He's working. With, he was working with Dave Lee, our guy, Dave Lee. Dave Lee. That was dude. Dude, you and Dave were a hit. Uh, you were awesome. Let, let me ask you this. I don't know if I've talked to you, um, but just a couple of times since then. What, what were your? I mean, did you have fun? I know you had fun, right? Yeah, I had a lot of fun, man. As soon as I got there, Dave said, "Dave just said, let it flow." And um, you know, obviously, he's the man. It's just. Tried to follow follow his lead. Just had a good time, man. You know, high school basketball is a special time for any athlete. I don't care how far you go. High school sports are amazing, and I just wanted to try to give the kids their flowers. So when they, you know, watch those films with their kids today, that uh, their kids can be proud of their dads. Yeah, man, that's just uh, yeah. I had a brain cramp there, right there with Dave Lee. But uh, <laughs> let, let, let's talk a little. Let's talk a little Wolves, man, because the Wolves are looking to get back to five hundred tomorrow. Right now, they're sitting at seven and eight. A um, lot of questions, a lot of curiosity, a lot of intrigue about the Wolves this season based off of the Rudy Gobert acquisition and trade. Uh, just your thoughts on the start of this season and the way things have played out with the, uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, as you know, you know, the NBA season is long, and I don't want to be too critical this early. But initially, you know, just being honest, man, as a as a as a, as a longtime Timberwolves fan and a Minnesota native, I wasn't really feeling the trade just because I really loved last year's team. And I thought that, I mean, everyone that watched the playoffs, I feel like everyone else. I think we were two timeouts away from beating Memphis. I feel like I feel like we had all the tools we need, especially in today's NBA. I just feel like we could switch all the positions. Everyone wants to switch. I feel like we could switch all the positions seamlessly. I felt like the chemistry there, I felt like Beverly and, and uh, Coach Finch had a great chemistry. I felt like Beverly brought a toughness to the Wolves that, that they all needed with him being a veteran. And I just really liked how the team was flowing in the chemistry. So I was sad to see him break up. And then Beasley, I feel like Beasley could be, you know, a starter on half the teams and to have a guy like him coming off the bench when a guy like, you know, uh, 
Edwards is maybe having a slow start. He could, you know, pick up the slack and he had a little better experience and, and he was a true scorer. I just feel like we had all the pieces last year. So I was I was sad to see him break the team up so fast. But I know that the UGM wanted to make some moves. I, I get that. But I just felt like we had a really good situation going. Yeah, no, you had some some great momentum last year. You had some really good chemistry. I just think that what gets lost in the in, in all this conversation, not not necessarily with you, but with the, just a lot of general fans, is I think that a lot of fans really are missing out on how good Jared Vanderbilt was for this team last year. Like I know that we we want to give a lot of love to Patrick Beverly and all that stuff, whatever. And and Patrick Beverly, in my opinion, he's just, he's done. Like like if you watch him right now with the LA Lakers, he he doesn't have much left. But you know he's a defensive guy. He's got. A personality, he's tenacious on. De- I get all of that in the leadership angle, but what Jared Vanderbilt gave this team was priceless last year, man. Like he's one of the more under uh, underpaid guys in the NBA. No, I definitely agree with that, hundred percent. But I just think that their chemistry in whole last year, especially the la- the last half of the season, I just thought it was amazing. And with those guys being so young and getting a feel, I just would have liked to see them run it back yep. one time, you know, before before they blew it up. And they didn't all the way blow it up, but like you said, those pieces, the Vanderbilt, Beasley, obviously, in my opinion, it's Vanderbilt and Beasley more so than Beverly. But in a, but in in total, I just thought they had every piece for today's switch everything. Um, we want our big men to be able to shoot threes when necessary. I just think that for what the, what today's game is now, I just thought they had all the pieces. Yeah, we're talking to Troy Bill here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. And that, and that leads into my next question to you, Troy, is do you think that this Twin Towers uh, concept, um, do you think that it's, it's doable? Do you think that it can work in the NBA? Because a lot of people have questions about whether you can be successful with Cat and Rudy on, you know, them being on the court at the same time, a, a lot of times is starting together because there is so much downsizing in the league. You talk about you have a lot of guys that are bigs, but they're different type of bigs. They're super athletic bigs. They're 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 bigs that can play out on the perimeter a little bit more like a Kevin Durant that are like 6'8 or 6'9. These guys are true, legitimate seven-footers that they're trying to roll with. Do you think that this could work? I mean, I would like it to work, like I said, because even though I'm, I'm an ex-player, I'm still a Minnesota fan. But I just think that, you know, going with two guys that big is more so, you know, 15, 20 years ago type stuff. So I basically, no. Way. Basically, no, because you said, <laughs> I want it to. You hear what he said? He said, I want it to work because I'm a Minnesota fan. But you're basically like, I don't think it's going to work. Well, well, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not going to work. Okay. Okay, okay. I think it maybe can work if Anthony Edwards can average about 25, 26 a game. Mm. I think that if Anthony Edwards is going to average 22, I don't think it's going to work because, let's be honest, Rudy Gobert, I love Rudy Gobert. You know, his stats are phenomenal. But with, with the way the game is today, with the, with the handle package that these guards have, I don't think he's a good switch on all the guards. If you remember last year in the playoffs, Jalen Brunson really, and, and Luka Doncic, we don't even talk about him. He gives everyone a hard time. But Jalen Brunson really gave Rudy Gobert a hard time on those switches. And 
And and a lot of the guards that he's switching on, you know, their hand. I mean, you know how it is now. These guards got major handles. Yep. They're mixing up some of these big guys. And I just don't know if if if, if those switches are going. I mean, they didn't work in the playoffs, and that's why Utah blew it up. I just don't think those switches are going to be that good. And no one's everyone's switching in the NBA. There's no you know hard hedge or no help or recover. And I know it's hard because guys are throwing alley oops, but I just don't think. I just don't know if Gobert is the guy. In, in, in the Minnesota roster where they can just switch and think it's going to be seamless. I, whereas last year they could switch all everybody and everyone was a dog and everyone could move their feet. And it just, it worked. It worked yeah. during today's NBA. I just don't think it's going to, I hope it works, but I don't know. I don't think it's really going to work. All right. We're going to see if the Wolves can get unless, back. To- unless, unless, unless Anderson, I mean, not Anderson, unless Ant can really start cooking. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. We're going to see if the Wolves can get back to 500 tomorrow night when they face the Philadelphia 76ers. I got some other general NBA questions that I want to throw at you. And I want to start with the Brooklyn Nets um, because they are the team that everybody has expected to be really good the last three years. It hasn't happened. Um, It's one thing after another. It's KD being hurt. It's Ben Simmons not being available. It's Kyrie Irving not wanting to get vaccinated. Um, what a, a year or so ago, and then this year, um, Kyrie has been pulled out of the lineup for some anti-Semitic um, sharing of a, of a link or video via social media, and he had to be uh, suspended or sat down for the last couple of weeks. My question to you is this. Do you think that the Nets will be able to bounce back from all of Kyrie's controversies, all of these distractions, now they got KD making comments where he's kind of not really talking bad about his teammates, but saying, "Look, look who I'm playing with. We ain't gonna win no championship like this, whatever." And then you got Ben Simmons, who's been a he's been underperforming. Do you think that this stuff has caught up to the Brooklyn Nets? Well, I feel really bad for Ben Simmons because um, it's all mental. Physically, he's always had the tools. Last night he had a good game. I think he had like 15 and like what 13, 12 rebounds, couple assists, and they won easy. I, I think that if Ben Simmons can get back to the old Ben Simmons, I think that they can still have success because Durant's still averaging about 30 a game. I think those role players will step up if Ben Simmons can get back to playing how he was playing before what he had going on in Philly, even without, with the, I mean, even without Kyrie. I think that they can still roll if Ben Simmons can do what we know he can do. But with, with everything he's got going on mentally, and you know how it is when a player loses their confidence for whatever reason – you sometimes it's not easy to bounce back. I just hope that he can because he's so young and he's so talented. But I, I don't – I mean, obviously with Kyrie minus all the other stuff, yeah, they could. I think they could figure it out. I don't think they'd have had such a bad start if Ben Simmons wouldn't have been giving them five or six points a game back when Kyrie was there. But, but when you have your starting PG getting six points a game, I mean, but, I, that's just not a good look. But can they win a championship because it's championship or bust with them? Like, like anything short of a championship, oh, people people are, people are looking. Yeah, can they win a championship? Because because people, when you have Ben Simmons, Ky, uh, uh, Kyrie, and KD, it's championship or bust. That's the reason why they made that trade. Do you think that they can win a championship? Because I, quite honestly, I don't think that they can. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a championship situation. <laughs> I don't. But to, but to, but to be honest, though, him like when I think back to them playing Boston, the Celtics last year. And, you know, I think Jason Tatum blocked Durant's shot maybe about three or four times. That's the first time I've ever seen someone block Kevin Durant on a jump shot. So, you know, maybe even if they were healthy and doing their thing, maybe Boston has just, you know, 
kind of past yep. what the Nets are capable of, of, uh, of, of handling. Maybe if there was no Boston, maybe they could do something with all their pieces, you know, working at full strength. But what Boston showed us in that playoffs, man, I think Boston might just be too much for them. Yeah. We're talking to uh, Minnesota and Boston College great and former NBA first-round pick Troy Bell here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. In your opinion, who's the best player in the league? Because right now I'm eyeing Luka. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's Doncic. Um, I honestly, I might if this would have been a couple of weeks ago, I might have said Morant, but uh, but it, it's Luca. I think I think it's Luca. Yeah, he's pretty darn good, man. You know, let, let's go back no, to a convers. Let's go to a conversation that me and you had. Um, it was me, you, and Kyle Elamine had on the radio like three, four years ago. It was, it was actually no, it was it was it was it wasn't just three years ago. I think I want to say specifically it was about four years ago. Because Zion Williamson was a freshman at Duke, and we were talking about his game. And I got to give you a lot of credit, a lot of props, because you saw it clearly. You were like, man, Zion's got a lot more in his bag than than you think. Like, And I was like, man, really? I was like, man, it just seems like he's just a dunker. Like, he's super athletic. I don't know if he can shoot. And you were like, nah, he can, he can do some things. And you were 100% right. But now the issue is, can he ever stay healthy? Because it just seems like it's one thing after another. I don't know if there's been a guy as talented as Zion that's had as bad of luck um, health-wise in the first three, four years of his career. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, we've never seen a guy, you know, with a body like that that can move through the air like that with his athleticism. So we, we don't even really have any anything to compare him to. So it, it's hard to say. I mean, it, when, when he got really, really big, I think everyone was very concerned, but then we, he slimmed down and turned into that one big muscle that he, that he is. And so, I mean, I don't really know him. He's still averaging, you know, 20 a game and he's getting it easy and he's shooting a great field goal percentage. But he's missing, he's missing games. Him. He's missing games though. That's the I thing. <laughs> no, he's missing, he's missing a lot of games, but again, we've just never seen a body like that. And with that type of athleticism, you know, who knows if his body's going to be able to hold up. I, it's hard to say. We've never seen anything like that. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That that dude is – he can be pretty amazing, man, when he's on the basketball court, but that's the whole entire issue right now is just him being on the basketball court. I just kind of had – I mean, I just had a quick flashback in, in my memory bank. Um, I still remember, man, standing outside of your house draft night, and I remember going into the house, man, it was like Dave and your mom and Pops and everybody sitting on the couch. I still remember that. That's a, dude, that's a moment I will never, ever forget. Um, I can't remember the uh, the redhead. There was a redhead um, um, uh, journalist, a reporter from ESPN that they sent to cover you and your draft night stuff. Um, oh, gosh, I want to say his first name was Dave, and I have to look back. I'll have to take a glimpse. He's no longer with ESPN. He's doing, like, some Major League Baseball stuff, whatever. But I'll never forget that night, man. What do you remember from draft night, bro? Well, since I'm talking to you, and you, we go all the way back to high school, you know, it, it was crazy because – and it's funny because I saw a picture the other day with uh, me, Ben, and Adam, and Luke, and Lando – and a bunch of guys from that day. And, um, you know, thinking back, remember the Peach Jam and all yep. that stuff we went to together? Yeah, you, you and know, Jabron Ike in the van putting putting whipped cream on my head <laughs> while I'm asleep as we head to the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that was me, though. I don't think that was me. 
That might have been Jabron. That might have been Jabron. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was him. I kind of remember. But um, but how about when Dave drove through the sprinklers when you were sleeping in the back seat? (laughs) (laughs) Those are the days, man. Uh, Right, right, right. But, um, you know, it was such a long road, man. So to be there and have all the support of, you know, just family and friends and the people that have been on the journey with me, it, it was really cool, man. And yeah. I actually had a, uh, I think I worked out with the Timberwolves that morning or something mm. for a pre-draft workout or something. I remember Mikhail was like, if you're around at 26, we'll pick you. But I, I didn't think I was going to be around at 26 anyway. So I was like, oh, I appreciate it. But yeah. in the back of my mind, I don't think I'm going to be around at 26. But it was great, man. It, it was a great day, man. Yeah, I think that that I think for me, man, it's moments like that and those type of memories that to me are my favorite things. Like we we can sit here and we can have these conversations about present day stuff, whatever. But like those memories from yesteryear, man, that that's the stuff that really makes me giddy. Like I still have like brochures and like programs from when y'all were like at the Peach Jam and all the different like tournaments leading up St. Louis Eagle. I mean, all of that. Those are things that you'll remember for the rest of your life because there are people that. We remember from those days that are still here, and then we remember some of those people um, that are no longer with us, man. So those are just some special moments, bro. But uh, I appreciate you, you know coming on. I, the, you yeah. know what I miss? I, I miss. I, miss, I wish we had the videos. Though. We don't have any of the footage. Oh, uh, you know, I think, I think, I think we might have somebody close to us though that, that has some footage though. You know who that is? Who? Emil Jihad. You think Emil has some? Oh, I think Emil got some footage. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did because he got a, He gave me a gang of footage of of Lid when Lid was playing with Long Island and stuff back in the day. I think he got oh. some. I think he got some footage of y'all too. Really? Yeah, I'll check with him. Yeah, we have to. We got to. We got to. We got to check that out. <laughs> yeah, if he has some stuff, that'd be amazing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, Troy, man, always a pleasure, man. I'll be talking to you soon, bro. Have a good one. Thanks. All right, take care. That's Troy Bell joining us here. On the Lake Show, News Talk 830 WCCO. I was reminiscing, going back, getting in my feelings, went a little bit past commercial break. We'll take a break now, come back. We'll get to a scoreboard. That's next year on the Lake Show. All right, thanks again to Troy Bell for being on the show. Went a little over. So now to try to get caught up before we talk, go for football with Daniel House. Let's do a scoreboard right now and proceed here on the Lake Show. All right, let's get to it, H. Lake. Let's start with some high school football. Let's go! Going high school football! U.S. Bank Stadium was uh, Barnesville, the Trojans, earlier on today over Jackson County Central in uh, the Class 2A semifinal, 41-12. to Chatfield over Eden Valley Watkins, 27-12. to That is the other Class 2A semifinal. Earlier on today in the Class uh, Class 4A semis, Elk River over Matamidi, 38-21. to uh, right now, in the second half, the Class 4A semifinal. The other one, the Hutchinson Tigers, up over Zimmerman, 42-28. to And coming up later up tonight in the 6A semifinal, it is going to be Eden Prairie and Rosemount. Mm. So uh, that's what we've got going on on the high school side. Uh, we do have some college hockey to speak of as the Gophers have swept the Michigan Wolverines in Ann Arbor. Let's go! Gophers. Pulling out a six to three win over Michigan tonight. Let's go ahead and uh, get to the NHL. Like only one game to speak of later on tonight: the Kings and the Canucks. Uh, that will tip off at nine o'clock. We do have a lot of NBA to get to, so uh, let's go ahead and roll through it. As you mentioned, uh, tomorrow's opponent for the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Philadelphia 76ers. Right now, they are down forty-eight forty-two to the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Uh, Maxie, 16 points to lead the Philadelphia 76ers. Giannis, 13 and uh, 7 boards to lead Milwaukee. Other games going on right now. The Heat up by 12 on the Wizards, 78-66. Seven minutes left to go in the third quarter there. Kristaps uh, Porzingis, the Unicorn, and Kyle Lowry, both with 14 points in that game. Cavaliers up on the Hornets, 48-42. Two and a half minutes left to go in the first half. P.J. Washington with 11 points to lead all scores there. The Magic up on the Bulls by 1-19-18. Three minutes left to go in the first quarter there. Uh, the Rockets all over the Pacers in H-Town. Twenty-one to six. Ooh, yeah. The Houston Rockets looking for their fourth win of the year. Wait, what quarter? Uh, first quarter. Three minutes yeah. left to go in the first quarter. A lot of time left. Hey, Rockets all over the Pacers early. Look at you. They don't want the smoke in H Town. I tell oh, you what. Oh, you See? and your H Town crap. That's right. Me, and my H Town crap. That's right. Home of the World Series champion Houston Astros. Oh wow! Now you're just trolling. Scoreboard, man. Facts. Facts. Who won the World Series this year? The Houston Astros. Rest of the sports are crap, but at least they've got baseball. Grizzlies over the Thunder, 24-19. to Jaron Jackson returned to the lineup, uh, I think, a couple of nights ago. Uh, he's got eight points tonight to lead the uh, Grizzlies. And uh, coming up later on tonight, you guys, uh, you and Troy were just talking about Luka. Uh, he'll lead the Mavs at home against the Nuggets. Luka! Pel- yep. Luka Magic. Yep, Luka with the lid off. Pelicans hosting the Celtics. Jazz hosting the Suns. It's the Warriors. They are really struggling right now. They're six and nine, but all of their wins have come at home. They are zero and eight on the road. Ouch! They host the New York Knickerbockers. That's very un Golden State like. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's something wrong with the Warriors right now. They're just they're not championship hangover. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. And, and I don't think that uh, Draymond's punch helped. No, it did. Uh, Draymond Green punch out. No, it it uh, it did not help. And one of these teams is going to get their fourth win of the year. I don't know if it's going to be the Pistons or the Lakers, but they are going to duke it out at uh, Crypto.com Arena or whatever it is. I mean, how long is that going to be a sponsorship? Because crypto, the crypto <laughs> yeah. world is is crushing. <laughs> you might have to go back to FTX state. first. <laughs> You, you might. I'm not wishing ill on them. I'm just saying. <laughs> you might. You might have to go back to Staples Center. Go back to uh, Staples for that sponsorship. So uh, right. that's what we got going on. All right, uh, we'll take a break. Take a look at the local weather. Then we'll talk Gopher football. Daniel House. Oh man, the Hawkeyes are in town at Huntington Bank. We'll chat with them next. And it's a Friday night here on the Lake Show. Seven thirty-eight. It's cold outside. It's time to talk some gopher football. And producer Christopher Tubbs just said that Daniel House is feeling swaggy right now. He's D- Daniel House, what is your swag level right now? B- between 1 and 10, what is your swag level? Well, Chris said I had a very high swag level. I was at a 10 because I used Groovy, and that was something that he thought hasn't been said in a long time. So I guess, I guess it's a 10. All right, so we got Daniel House. Give a follow on Twitter, at Daniel House NFL, founder of Vikings Corner and Gophers Guru. He's joining us here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO with a swag level of 10 on a Friday night. So wait, now does a swag level of 10 for Daniel House mean that he's going to hit Bar La Grassa, Parlor, Constantine, or does that mean that you're just going to sit around and you'll be watching some, some video of some, some old football games and just kind of breaking stuff down? 
I'm I'm chilling out watching some college basketball, preparing for the game tomorrow. Okay, that's, that's my kind of Friday night. Okay, I'm with you, Daniel. I'm with yeah. you. You got a little Haggy's pizza in the, in the in the in the fridge, man. What's going on? Yeah, you gotta have you gotta have that frozen pizza. You gotta be very selective about it. You gotta ask our <laughs> friend Ross Brendel about my frozen pizza taste. I, I got some taste. I love it, man. I love it. Well, I'm glad that you're able to to come on the show as always, man, and talk a little Gopher football. And and I want to start talking Gopher football with the matchup against Iowa, but I don't want to start with the Gopher specifically. I want to start with you, Daniel, talking about Iowa. And the reason why mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you about Iowa is just because. I feel like the shine and all of the glitter and all the stuff that we've always thought about with the Iowa Hawkeyes and Kirk LaFrentz and, and his team, it's, just, it's no longer. Now, I know that they are um, you know, viewed as slightly better in the West over us, but at the end of the day, you know, we always used to be like, man, Iowa, that's going to be an extremely tough team to beat. More than likely, we're going to lose – I don't think that teams in the Big Ten fear Iowa at all anymore. I just don't think that their program is ascending. I think that their program is on the downside now. What do you think? I have never studied a team where it's been so opposite, where the offense is just absolutely terrible and the defense is one of the best in the country. Like They are number two overall defense right now in overall efficiency, but they're a bottom three offense. So them being able to actually do things on defense is – somewhat impressive because their offense is never able to sustain any drives. But you look at the state of the program, I mean, just an absolutely brutal year with Spencer Petras and that offensive line. I mean, their offensive line, Lake, is normally the strength of that team. They've allowed the third most pressures of any Big Ten offensive line this season, and they they don't have very good center play. I think that's one matchup, uh, Logan Jones, that they can expose in this game. But, you know, they are not built to – you know, be explosive on offense. They have to grind out every yard. Like, they're not running the football either. Like, 21% of their rushing plays are stopped at or behind the line of scrimmage, which is one of the worst marks in college football. Defensively, they are what they always are, where they play physical up front, they get after the quarterback, they got very good defensive back play. Jack Campbell at linebacker, one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten, and Riley Moss at cornerback sort of being the centerpieces of their team, but they're definitely not where they usually are as a program, which I think leaves an opportunity for Minnesota. If they play a sound game and don't turn the ball over, they can have a chance. All right. One of the things that you did state, though, is that even though Iowa um, has taken maybe a a few steps back here in the last couple of years, uh, you did state that their defense is rock solid, that they've been really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, How, I mean, how big of a test is it going to be for the Gophers to be able to run and create some offense against that uh, Iowa Hawkeyes defense tomorrow? They have the fourth most efficient rush defense in college football right now and the third most efficient pass defense. And so, it, you know, when you look at what it's going to take for the Gophers to win this game, I think it starts with early down efficiency. They're going to stack the box. They're going to take away the run game and Mo Ibrahim. So you're going to have to be able to take what the defense is giving you, hit underneath. They play a lot of zone coverage, so... You're going to have to find those soft spots very methodically, try to stay on schedule, try to get four or five yards on first down. They have the third best first down defense in the Big Ten right now. So I think the big key is you can't get behind the sticks. They have one of the best defenses in the country when they get teams climbing uphill. And their defensive back play, like I said, is very good. Cooper DeGene, Riley Moss, Sebastian Castro has emerged as a very good slot corner. 
you think you have them covered, like you're at the top of a receiver at the route, and then they'll just break on the football and make a play. Like you cannot commit a catastrophic turnover because that's where, you know, that's where the game shifts. Iowa has to have short fields because they haven't been able to sustain drives at all offensively or put things together on that side of the ball. Talking to Daniel House from Gophers Guru here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Give him a follow on Twitter at Daniel House NFL. All right, so outside of the the rush defense for the Iowa Hawkeyes, um, that being a strength of theirs, what is their what is their biggest weakness? I would say overall their biggest weakness in the matchup that I'm watching for in this game is the Iowa offense. They get into passing down situations that like one of the highest clips in the FBS, and they have the second worst success rate in those situations. The Gophers, they have a very good pass defense, actually a top 10 unit in the country right now in that area. So Minnesota, if they're able to stop the run, which I think they can kind of control the line of scrimmage and get Iowa behind the sticks, they need to create at least one takeaway in this game. And then I think the part of the game that nobody talks enough about is special teams. Iowa's always top 10 in field position margin every single year. They're 10th this year. Minnesota's 18th, and only a yard separates them in field position margin. So tomorrow you've got the wind conditions. You were just talking about the weather, 15 degrees. you got wind at 17 miles an hour. It's going to be cold. So you can't have, like, a catastrophic mistake where you, you know, block punt or something like that a team could benefit from a big special teams play so i'm watching those specific areas as potential areas of opportunity for the gophers in terms of the vegas line they've got it pretty close though i mean the gophers mm-hmm. are what favored by what two and a half points um what what concerns you about this game if you're a gopher fan i would just say the offense being able to sustain drive, stay on the field. Like, you know I was going to be able to stop the run in Mo Ibrahim. Are you going to be able to get enough out of the passing attack to keep them honest? Because, you know, you can get away with running the football at a very high volume and tweaking some things with the rushing schemes against teams like Northwestern and Rutgers. But you have to be able to pass the football, you know, 15, 16, 17 times in a game like this, and you have to hit on the opportunities when they're there. They missed three plays in the last game, in the passing game, that, if they hit on them, I think they're explosive plays. And you got to be able to take advantage of those opportunities when they present themselves. So I'm looking for like a big game from Daniel Jackson. Maybe you get something out of Dalen Wright. He can make a play for you. You're going to need Ace and Cali Manis and those receivers to get it done. So, you know, you can keep that Iowa defense from, you know, stacking the box and just forcing you to, you know, continue running the football. You're going to have to pass and stretch them out vertically a little bit, but it isn't going to be easy because this Iowa defense, they limit the explosive play, and they always have with this type of defensive scheme and their overall discipline. Do you side with one team having an advantage because it's going to be super cold tomorrow, or or do you think it's not really that much of a factor because both teams are so used to, you know, playing outdoors and being in the elements? I think both teams are so used to it. Like, I look at this game sort of being a 50-50 type of probability i know pregame win probability right now is 58 percent in favor of minnesota so you know it's it's a flip of the coin i think like i said takeaways the the field position battle pass protection uh, whoever gets off to the quickest start like both these teams are not built to play from behind very well they're they're both teams that need to take control of the game early so if i'm minnesota i take the football i go down the field and try on that opening script to do some unique things to get a quick lead, and then force Iowa to have to climb all night long because 
that offense, they cannot put up a ton of points. If you could jump out to a quick lead, I think I think you can win the game. All right, who, who do you think wins tomorrow and why? I'm going with Iowa 17-14, to 14, but I mm. think the Gophers can leave with a W if they win the turnover and field position battles. I think those are the two biggest factors going into this thing. It will be a defensive slugfest. Joe Rossi versus Phil Parker, two defensive minds that I think are top in college football. So as a football guy, I'm very excited about this game just because I like a good defensive chess match and with the weather and the conditions and Floyd Rosedale. I think this is a game where it's truly 50-50, and whoever hits those variables that we talked about will end up winning the game. Hey, let me ask you this uh, in, in closing, Daniel. It, let's just, for the, the sake of the conversation, let's assume that the Gophers win tomorrow and they they beat Wisconsin. Let's say that they went out, mm-hmm. right? If, if they went yeah. out, what what type of bowl game are we looking at for Gopher football? Yeah, if they went out, you could end up down in Tampa again. I believe it's the ReliaQuest Bowl now is the, the name for the Outback Bowl. That's potentially a possibility. The Music City Bowl out in Nashville is another option. Uh, if they lose one or two, then it, you're probably maybe looking at the Pinstripe Bowl out in New York, uh, maybe the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte. So definitely if you can win these two games, you could potentially put your spot in a spot where you're in the conversation to potentially get like a ReliaQuest slash Outback Bowl, also known as uh, Bowl Game. Yeah. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Daniel House NFL, but he does great work covering the Gophers, gophersguru.com. Uh, check him out all over the place, but you've just checked him out here on the Lake Show. Hey, Daniel, always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Thanks, I appreciate it, and uh, enjoy your weekend. Appreciate it, Lake. Have a good night. All right, take care. Daniel House, swag level at 10. He's about to throw in some... Some pizza in the oven and kick up his feet on a Friday night. Man, see, that's what he's feeling groovy tonight. Feeling you know, groovy. He's about the pizza. Some of us are about pizza rolls. I mean, he's just, he's living that life, man. He's what about are they to saying? do it. Yeah. All right, let's get into uh, headlines. That's next year on The Lake Show. All right, you guys know what time it is. It's time for headlines. We're a few minutes behind, so I'm not going to continue to talk. I'm going to let Christopher Tubbs do his thing. All right, three and a half minutes for me to shine, Lake. Let's see if I can do it. Hey, the Biden administration is expected to ask the Supreme Court to reinstate the original plans to cancel student debt after it was put on pause by the lower courts. And the legal wrangling has provided uh, for plenty of disappointment at the University of Minnesota. President's debt relief plan would have seen up to $20,000 canceled for American student loans. Uh, Carter Yost, a student at the U of M and the director of legislative affairs for the College of Student Government, says it's left many students emotional. Quote, I, j- I just think a deep sense of frustration and exhaustion, he said. And he said it's also left many in the student body uneasy about their futures. Yeah, I, <laughs> I – at this particular point, I don't even know what else to say about all of this stuff with the canceling the student debt. I, I, I could never be a person – I don't care if I'm 50, which I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. I don't care if I'm 60, 70. I don't care. If if peep if it's going to make other people's young people's lives, other mm-hmm. Americans' lives better to cancel the debt, then do it. All of these people that are just, oh my God, they're so upset because people are gonna have debt taken away. Do you know that some of these rich and wealthy politicians and these people that have these companies, they get debt written off all the time. Yes. And no one says a damn thing about that. Nope. This infuriates me, man. Yeah. It's because I paid mine off, you should have to pay yours off. It's like, 
I, I can't get behind. I understand that line of thinking, but I think we need to look out for our fellow individuals and realize that if it does help somebody, absolutely. Hey, Attorney General Merrick Garland today appointed a special counsel to oversee the criminal investigations into the retention of national defense information of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago Resort and parts of the January 6, 2021 insurrection. Both investigations implicate the conduct of Trump, who on Tuesday declared his candidacy in the 2024 presidential race, making him a potential rival of President Joe Biden. I don't have any any issue with the special counsel uh, because people say they don't want it to be partisan. And uh, I get all of that. I just want some action. Yeah, I want this to get to the bottom of. Don't be shuffling and pivoting to a special counsel to try to get away from indictments and all that stuff. I just want to see the proper things done. We want to see some accountability. Yes. Because there's been no accountability so yep. far. At least that's what we see on the outside. Yep. Hey, customers are pulling back on spending at Gap and Old Navy, particularly in one specific category that shows just how much families are feeling inflation's pinch. And uh, normally, parents typically skimp on themselves and focus on meeting needs of their children. But Gap and Old Navy said they're now seeing less spending on babies and kids' items. Hmm. That's... <laughs> I mean, it's it's sad because I, I I can tell you firsthand, absolutely, if you're choosing between you and your kid, if you're a good parent, you're going to put your children first. But if you can't even spend on your kids for clothes, jackets, mittens, gloves, the basic necessities when we get into winter, I mean, it, it hurts. You know one thing I'm going to be tasked to do this week? I have so many nice items of clothing that I got to get rid of. I'm going to get rid of it. Got to do it. Coming up next, what's going on with Twitter? Will it survive? I doubt it. Next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 